Hello? Hello? Who is it? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Hey. We could go see the Donna Summer musical or King Kong the musical. No. What? Is it based off the movie I don't know or why based I'm off the concept? That's a thing. It's a musical movie. Are there going to be like man-eating slugs and Jack Black? I hope so. Friends, the musical. There's a Friends musical. It's off Broadway and it's a parody. Pass. Yes. Pretty Woman, the musical. Pass. Richard Gere. <laughs> I've never seen Pretty Woman. Frozen is opening at some point in the future. Pass. Why? Are they doing a live action? Disney likes money. You're right. And what's gonna sell? Is it gonna open on Broadway? Frozen. And if Frozen doesn't sell, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna offer discount tickets to Frozen when people lose the Aladdin lottery, and then people are gonna go see Frozen. Are we going to go to Tokyo next year? What? For Great Comet? For what? Yes. Cool. Can I come? Yes. Sure. Good. Yes. That's all. And we'll um, be- it's a matter of time until it starts touring. You know. Is it? Till what starts touring? Yes. Great if they're opening in Tokyo, they're coming. They're going to tour in America. Great. I like, need to be on that. It'll happen. I'm getting my you? hair dyed next Wednesday. Ooh, do you know what color? No. Of course not. Because it's not, my, not up to me. Modeling? I show up and they put hair on my head and then I leave. Your hair could be literally any color. They could I hope dye they it to it. any color because it would, that would, any vibrant color, you could get, oh, I hope it's lavender. Lavender doesn't last long enough for my liking. I like it when they give me, like, if you put a dark purple on me, it'll be lavender at some point. Okay, well, give that, give that. You know? Be that and give me that. As a, as a cheap hoe, I don't ever want to. Like, go out and not get something that I don't want on my hair. I've can't. When I could get something that I'd like for longer and would eventually go to the color that I'd like at some point. I've can't. Mm-hmm. You know? I've can't. I think they're probably just going to bleach it, though. Really? Yeah. They said they needed a bleach model. Oh. But they might bleach it and do something else. Who Interesting. Knows? Are they gonna cut it more or just color it? They gotta do something. If I model, they're gonna have to. They're gonna look at me and be like, "Ooh," because I have gone too long without a haircut with short hair. But I'm kind of growing it out, so I hope they don't go too nice. short. Hmm? I think it looks nice. It doesn't. But okay. Thanks. Sure. I think it looks nice for real. It's Draco Malfoy realness, but it's my favorite thing in the whole world. Thanks. I hope that that's not rude disparaging i yeah. appreciate it it's like it's not like you are draco because you're the opposite but it's like you're kind of like uh if they got married harry and draco instead of dreary dreary yeah. <laughs> and they had a and they had a baby that'd be Were you a dreary fan i don't want to talk about this <laughs> i wasn't specifically yeah, a dreary dark fan. turn okay. i've taken us <laughs> you turn. didn't do this i did <laughs> you I made it an observation and then I expanded on it. You did, but Dominic straight up asked me about dreary fan fiction and fandom in general, and I do not appreciate it. Not that was attacking. That uh. ball of worm hairs. <laughs> what Tangle a time! Worm hair. The internet. What a time the internet was. Existing. Was, was been. 
I mean, it's like, that's a true statement you could say at any time. What a time for the internet. Oh, what a time. Look at the time. It's I a time for the internet. I couldn't say in 1804. Couldn't say much of anything in 1804 if we're going to be real. Okay, but like, <laughs> where can you point to 1884? Where is it? I said 1804. Whatever. Well, can I point to it? Yeah. Can you point to any year? Time is an illusion and I'm a fixed point. <laughs> God damn it. I could not believe it. It's your turn for introductions. Mm. I think. I think you me, right. me thinks. I, think I accept. You're <laughs> right. Well, I have Dominic here. Hello. Dominic's right here. Dominic's... The queen of the show. Everyone knows I'll it. I'll accept that. What? I'll accept that as fact because There's it is. Like more than one queen and. Oh, there is. Well, yeah, I'm going to get to the other oh, queens. Okay. But like you can have more than one. I did that. <laughs> anyway. So. That's me. I have Zoe right here. Sam's across from me. He's our executive audio producer man. The audio daddy-o. And audio a huge daddy-o bitch. Man. And a huge bitch. And I'm Lydia. And I'm here too. <laughs> welcome. That was a sloppy welcome. I only heard one queen and that was me. So thank you for that. It's just what popped into my head. <laughs> it happened. And it and it happened. Welcome and to get what? Oh, where are we? Oh, I'm sorry. We're a podcast, and we're called. <laughs> Can you believe this shit? Can you believe Can this shit? Can you believe this shit? Can you? We did Probably it. We introduced. That's amazing. You? That was clean. You think? I, I don't think, think it was. I thought at it was all. dirty. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> I think See? it happened, and it was good, and it was consistent throughout. But I don't think it was like crisp. <laughs> no, it was dirty. <laughs> she wasn't like. It's good for us. Like, it wasn't yeah. crunchy. It was sloppy. <laughs> but it was we also, melty. There was no was conversation messy. in between the names and the title of the podcast, which usually happens. Usually is. That's what I meant better, by clean. Yeah, that's clean. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. <laughs> it happened. When are we ever? <laughs> that's a really valid point. Well, we're at uh, True Crime. Uh, I don't know why I, I do this. We have like 14 episodes out. Like I usually true, but like, prefer people to watch the most recent episodes. I don't. And work backwards. I just say I have a podcast. I, it depends on whoever it is that I'm talking to. I'm like, shouting out on the street. Depends on like what episode I'll send someone. I like, want little they business don't, like, cards that I make, can make into paper airplanes and just like <laughs> throw them at people like darts. Make them biodegradable. Yeah. Have chaos. Have chaos. Have chaos. What? <laughs> Nothing, it's fine. Who's going first? It's just that a human parked outside of our windows making a lot of noise from their car. And it was, How did I not even hear that? It's all right. It's okay. We also have a jingle kitty. I hear that. Rhiannon's in the background, just a jingle. Should I She's, stop her? She's got her tambourine. Okay. Should I stop her? <laughs> <laughs> I can make her. She's, she's so good. Did she stop? No. No, she's going to... She'll figure it out for herself 
It's fine. She could go anyway, on we're a true crime podcast. Yes. We're true also crime, not. True crime, paranormal. Paranormal, yeah. conspiracies, cryptids. Just shit you can't believe. Unbelievable shit. Hence the title. It's, we yeah, keep it. It's right there. Pretty pretty scattered, pretty <laughs> diverse. Yeah. Disorganized. Pretty just all like over my the place. <laughs> I like it. We all have. It's, it's, it's a variety. It is. Yes. That's right. When I was mixed back in fourth grade, I think specifically, maybe fifth grade, I couldn't say the word variety, and I kept saying variety for some reason. And then my variety. Fifth grade teacher thought it was funny to make a Viagra joke. <gasps> That's disgusting. Did yeah. you get it at the time? That's yeah, I got disgusting. it. Oh, okay. That's the same teacher who also called me fat. Anyway, what's, Sam his, was going first. what's his name and social security number? <laughs> I'm not getting into that. He might listen to this. So going first, I have Lydia. I didn't know. Oh my what? Up next, I have Zoe. <gasps> Dominic, you're closing us out tonight. Really? Cool. Okay, yes, fine. Please. Party. All right. Ooh. I, I it always makes me nervous when you <laughs> when you act like that. I don't. I was actually pausing for dramatic effect and not, <laughs> that not is because I was about to the most <laughs> oversized bag for that size laptop I've ever seen. Well, I'm sorry. I don't have a perfectly sized bag to laptop ratio. Is that a PlayStation 2 bag? No. It looks like it. It's not. It fully looks like one. You pulled out like a fucking 12 inch computer out of this like. <laughs> Jesus. 36 by pizza box. 18 I don't know why by... you're so offended by this. <laughs> it looks like a pizza container. It does not. It, it does. It's like my regular. boyfriend delivers pizza, so it's like from it's a probably computer. why I think that. So sue me, Jeebus. <laughs> sue me, Jeebus. Okay, so you guys don't want to know what I'm doing? No. I do. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, I guess I I called it sort of like the just like my the first thing I want you to hear about it is it's called the tribulations of. The De Veritas, oh, wow, I completely forgot how to pronounce this, Vedrinus. I need to, okay, pause. Okay. I looked up every single word how to pronounce it, and I somehow... You need to write in the way you pronounce it instead I know, of the I actual word. Every, every single other word. Oh. But I cannot believe I forgot to do it on the actual family's name. Wow. Sorry. I'm into it. Lydia, just show me the word. Just show us the word. Show me the word. I thought I this was a I podcast where I argue it. with my boyfriend. Will you show me do it? Don't yell at me. You stop that. <laughs> I can't. Just the V part. Just the V word. God, this is a mess. In Misper Vagina. Entire mess. Jules Vedrine. Vedrine. Jules Vedrine. Just say Jules Vedrine. It's not the Jules part, just Vedrine. Okay, Vedrine. perfect. And go. The tribulations of the D. Vedrine family. Ooh. It's just D. E. Duh. <laughs> Is that what I said? <laughs> you said D. De. De Vedrine. Ved- Sorry. <laughs> this was a bad story for you to pick for me to be in the room because I'm a huge bitch. <laughs> the, there's <laughs> all right. You didn't okay. do anything wrong. It's beautiful and I love you. All right, thank you. I take you across the pond to southwest southwest of France. Oh. Um, not yes! far, 
Sorry. Okay. <laughs> We're going to France. Not far from this little medieval-like town of Montfaucou. Uh, <laughs> what did you just say to me? Montfaucou. <laughs> Montfaucou. I... Oh, fuck you. can't do anything, right? And it's fine. We're just going to move on from that. Uh, Since the turreted manor, the Chateau Martel. Um, the ancestral home of the David Dreams. Uh, it's an aristocratic family of proud Protestant nobles uh, that enjoyed a life brimming with privilege and riches, but they got some, they could never have seen what, the ruin, the ruin that would befall their family. Okay, the so. The entire family? Well, the central family. Okay, and you said uh, ancestral, not ancestral, correct? Uh, I'm yeah. just making sure. I said ancestral with gotcha. an A. The central family was composed of the matriarch. Uh, her name was uh, Guillemette. Uh, she was 88 years old. Uh, her children were Philip, uh, 64 Philip. He was an executive with Shell Oil. Uh, Charles Henry, 54. What year is it? Um, 1999. I definitely placed this much further back. And then you were like, he was an executive at Shell. And I was like, um. (laughs) No, this happened in like 1998. You said medieval town. (laughs) It was medieval like. I all right. No, it was. I realize fun. now. It's. I understand. It's. We're in 1999, and I'm following you. Yes. <laughs> anyway, he was an executive with Shell Oil. Charles Charles Henry was a gynecologist and a local politician, uh, and their Same. sister. Uh, red flag. That's my combination too. <laughs> the sister. That is a red flag. You're right. <laughs> Ghislaine uh, was the director of a secretarial school in Paris. Also, part of the family was family was Charles Henry's wife Christine and their three children, uh, Guillaume, Amory, and Diana. Amory, <laughs> yeah, and Diana. Uh, and then there was also Ghislaine's two children, Guillemette and uh, Chuck. Francois. God damn it. <laughs> anyway so they're really all like they were just living the life they were their life was their life was awesome their only real concern was like they wanted to just protect and maintain their fortune and enter mr tilly this fucking guy he conned the ever living just okay so uh Gieselaine introduced the charismatic Tilly to the family. He worked as an administrator at her school and uh, she, he like sort of wooed them by like, he told them he was a descendant of the Austro-Hungarian Habsburg nobility. And they were just fully like, he had all these high connections like, and this matters in 99. Yes. Wow. At that level of wealth. Yes. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're just oh, like, yeah. we just want to always be rich and right. never have to worry about this. We want to always have our nice, awesome palace. Um, if you found out you were related to them, too, you'd know all of that information also. Because you'd be cashing in, like, fucking mm-hmm. wills and shit. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how money works. <laughs> Me neither. I don't know how dead rich people. He any. did, though. Or at least they thought he did. He, like, apparently, like, they were like, wow, he's really good at, like... 
money-making schemes, which like should be a red flag, but wasn't. They thought that it was just like their new friend that was going to help them make a lot of money um, oh. and protect their money. Uh, <laughs> he became a close family friend. He told them that he would like look after their home and their investment and their trusts. Um, and they were already using prof- professionals to like do that basically what he said he was doing, but he made them believe that he could do it way better than the professionals they hired. So, and it wasn't long before he had them all convinced that he was actually a secret agent with like Uh, an organization that's like trying to prevent the end of the world. Um, He was manipulating the heck out of him. Uh, He went from financial advisor to cult leader. Mm -hmm. Got it. You're right. Just making sure I'm up to date. He told them all of their lives were in danger and that they, uh, the, their houses were, their house was bugged and they were being followed and spied on by an evil conspiracy of Freemasons. Um, that was also like had other members of their own family bent on seeing them destroyed. Like just like kind of like outer members of their family. And they were like, sure, yep. Yeah, they were like, oh my god, <laughs> no! Like, oh my god, protect us! Like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Fully, like, in it. Like, anytime anyone was like, hey, maybe this isn't, like, maybe this doesn't check out. Um, like, someone else would be like, no, no, because it does, because he's fucking awesome. Like, no, you're wrong. And everyone's like, yeah, no, you're wrong. And then they're like, oh my god, okay. Um, and they just were mm, fully... Yeah, so he, they were all fully convinced he was the only salvation to their problems. So believing they were so endangered, the family soon barricaded themselves, uh, like the central, all 11 of the central, central family, essentially, um, in their ancestral home, the Chateau Martel, uh, cutting off contact with the outside world. For the next 10 years, yeah. he, what? 10 years. What year is it now? 2008. This is recent. What the fuck? Okay, sorry. 2008, 2009. Oh my god. I mean, yeah. Ten years, he controlled basically their whole lives. They kept themselves shut up with him in the house. Um, He tormented them and sowed like distrust between family members, just heavily just really hardcore abusing everyone and being really emotionally abusive and just like manipulative. And And they didn't leave the house for 10 years. I mean, like probably sparingly, like, I guess it's probably sparingly. They were really like, you know, I mean, when you're people in abusive situations don't just because they can leave the house doesn't mean they're not necessarily still like, Trapped in the house there. Yeah. As a concept. Mm -hmm. It's like this group mentality thing that he was like playing off of. He manipulated them the whole time. Uh, When uh, Gisolaine's husband, uh, Jean. (laughs) (laughs) Love him to stay. Greasy Lanes. (laughs) No. She performs only at bowling alleys on Wednesdays. Kieseline, Kieseline. I'm just, I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, so her husband expressed skepticism of Tilly just in general, and then he was banished from the family and accused of, by his wife and brothers-in-law, of being 
like belonging to the network of evil <sighs> and um they never talked to him again he was like quoted saying it's like it was like their heads were taken out of their skull and replaced with different brains or their brains were taken out of their heads and replaced with different ones they're like different wow people. he convinced them to give control of like basically like all of their money oh, like incrementally how basically. much money did they have like a lot they they gave him everything and they had like seven million something like uh. that yeah. yeah and he got he got it all it's all gone uh-huh. anyway so uh he they were like fully brainwashed um but like he told them he was safe keeping it or like investing it in certain things that are going to save the world and it was all going to offshore accounts um he told them their lives were no eventually he told them their lives were no longer late no no longer lee no longer safe in france uh so he tricked them into selling all of their property and uprooted uh, all of them to the uk uh, in 2007, that happened. Once they got there, they lived in a series of like shitty little houses and tiny apartments. Flats. Um, flats. <laughs> Literally flats. Flats. Literally flats. Cats. A series. Of um, cats. A series of cats. <laughs> every, they, every single family wor- uh, worker was like working like a working class job, like just like, you know, just and giving all of the money they made to Tilly. And uh-huh. anyone who like tried to spend any of the money they made while they were working on anything, like like one of the sons was like, if you tried to buy a candy bar, you'd get in trouble, and everyone would see it as stealing from the family. Um, wow. Yeah. And like he controlled what they ate, everything. It was what? Yeah. When and what they ate, everything. If they ever weren't around him, he was constantly calling them and like harassing them. He was always harassing them. Uh, this guy came from nowhere outside of the family and then completely took over. Yeah. yeah. Completely Shit. took over. They were just, they, I guess they were just like really susceptible to getting duped super hard. Like super hard. They were oh, being super abused. rich people who had probably never had anything happen to them exactly. other than have a lot of money. And then yeah. someone like slipped right in there because they knew who their audience was. Yeah. And just like marketed the fuck out of themselves mm-hmm. until they were. He taken looks like over. Steve Jobs, kind of. Huh. It's weird. I guess you like kind of trust that. Dead. I don't. Oh. Edit that out. <laughs> That's why I waited. That's why I waited. <laughs> you waited until there was silence <laughs> so Sam could cut out your bad dead joke about Steve Jobs. <laughs> So that went on for two years in the UK. Um, in 2009, he convinced the whole family that Christine, that's um, uh, Henry's daughter, no, uh, Henry's wife, uh, she, Christine, had a, a secret key to the family fortune, like a like the bank code um, okay. to where, like, it just the family for well, they were the like treasure you map. got it like <laughs> and so he can turn the whole family against christine and they like kept her in a room uh for seven days like tied to a chair kept immobile they wouldn't let her sleep for seven days oh um, she got one meal a day of like tea and like biscuits literally like that's what it said which is like that's once a day. Hmm, no, thing. That's bad. Not good. I 
think they like would berate her just like every day constantly like that's one of the ways they kept her awake just like basically yelling at her and berate her berating her and being like what's the key you can save yourself you know it you have everything you need to save yourself like <sighs> is that's i think you start to hallucinate after 72 hours of no sleep yeah oh yeah so uh-huh. plus not drinking enough water and eating and like being like psychologically and emotionally tortured the whole time this? yeah she shouldn't She's have alive. <laughs> i mean i'm glad she did but that's fuck jesus she, you know it's like a dark room sensory depri- yeah. deprivation yeah. like that's that's terrifying so it's awful that's the worst thing you can do to me is deprive me of That sleep. is still somehow less horrifying to me than being full speed chased. Yeah, all the while being like <laughs> interrogated for information that you like don't have. I can't run it, Dominic. Don't look at me like that. I won't chase you ever. I mean, probably. I don't know what I would even do. If someone, because I, I think I just like freak out and just drop. Yeah, drop. I... Yeah. I think I might just drop. Like, full body collapse. Would you at least curl up or just, like, pass out? Just, just like, limp body to the ground, (laughs) pretty sure. I think I would fight. Good. I, um, if you were being full speed chased, you'd turn around and, like, I'm ready to punch them. Like, full, full speed yes. chased? This is purely about being full speed chased by a human being. From, like, at a distance, you see they're coming. Like, that's the scariest thing you could ever, so if you like... you just see I a person running comprehend. in your general direction, you freak out? Yes. Okay. I, I can't even never comprehend happened. what I would do. Full speed running I mean, I'd probably me. run away. <laughs> for how long? I would look for, like, a way to, like, climb something or just, like... Oh, wait. This isn't a video game, Lydia. <laughs> You're right. Fucking spider Gwen it out. Right. And just, climb. just run till I find somewhere to hide. I guess. <laughs> like zombie game run. No, not like Assassin's Creed parkour. I just mean like run and find somewhere to hide, basically. Well, parkour is real life. It is not my life. <laughs> oh, you're. <laughs> I think like it is not real life. Parkour, parkour, <laughs> parkour is fake. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue your <laughs> awful story. Oh, You're I'm good. Sorry. You know what I meant. <laughs> After seven days of this bullshit, Christine had her chance to escape when they took her out of the room and into public to make her like, she's like, I don't know what bank it's in. And they're like, well, we're going to walk down the street and you're going to try every bank. And like, that's not suspicious. Yeah. Uh, don't be suspicious. Um, don't be suspicious. <laughs> like, and that's also, she got help from her boss because she worked at a bar um, and uh, like her boss, like, I guess found out about the situation was like, uh, uh, no ma'am, got to get you out of there. So he helped her get back to France. Um, when she got back to France, she uh, reported all of it to the authorities, to the police in France, and they got him that same year. Wow. But there's more. There's gotta be. What did he? Who is this motherfucker? So he was arrested in Switzerland, and uh, like that same year, just a little bit later. But he still, even though he got arrested, he still had like power over the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took like another six months before her family would like could be persa- persuaded to like come home to France with the help of a lawyer that like specialized in cults. 
Um, wow. He was given the life sentence for uh, kidnapping, brutal treatment, uh, yeah, brutal treatment, extortion, extortion, and abuse of weakness of the the uh, family. Abuse of weakness. That's is a charge in France. Yeah. Let's go France. I guess. No. 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 Let's not go France. <laughs> no. They still restrict the headdress. Oh, France has a, a, a lot of problems. a laundry list of issues. <laughs> I am only sure. Let's have cows. Let's have cows. I want to kill Napoleon. He got his sentence reduced from the death penalty to life, and then he got an appeal, and now he's got ten years left. So. So they gave him life, and then he was like, never mind. Because I tried to find his birthday because I wanted his sign, and I literally couldn't, and it was pissing me off. Uh, Scorpio. Scorpio, yeah. I mean, that's... Honestly. I, like, didn't want to sound like a broken record, because I'm like, (laughs) everyone's a Scorpio, but, like, honestly, this motherfucker's a Scorpio. Um, Oh, my God. So he's going to get out? Mm-hmm. And he's just going to go back to doing that again to I mean, someone else. Like, I you can take the con artist out of the con game, but you can't take the con game out of the con artist. That's probably true. Well, I don't know. I just talk and things come out of my mouth. I believe that. I want that like on a block of wood specifically. Uh, <laughs> like wood burned. I was going to say burned or <laughs> yeah. like carved because there's a difference. What <laughs> it lasered in. Maybe instead of con, con artist, it should, it should say scammer. Okay, you can take. You can take the scammer out of the con game, but you can't <laughs> the scam game. Scam game. You can take the scammer out of the scam, but they'll still scam your scam. Scam it to scam all hex. Scammers, they scam. Da 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 da. How? Um, okay, yeah. So former rich person Christine de Bridgines, uh says, now we have nothing. Uh, she doesn't kind of say it like in a self-pitying way. She just is. She's just like facts. She's like, I know what's up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They like he took 10 years of their life and destroyed everything along the way. That was a quote she said. Um, now they live in a claustrophobic flat on the outskirts of Bordeaux with her husband and three adult children. Oh fuck! Um, she like wrote a book and it's fucking awesome. And I think I'm gonna buy it because I didn't read it. But it's what's it called? Uh, it's called We were not, We weren't armed. Mm. We weren't armed. And I, I want it because I. But were they armed? I mean, I haven't read the book, so I couldn't tell you. But the title, you can't really judge a book by its cover, though. I've been told. <laughs> I do though. On a book level. Yeah, so this guy just, like, scammed their entire <laughs> life, and, uh, yeah. We're wow. talking about this fucking big-ass scam of... Scam. Well, like, who hurt him? How dare you? I wish I knew who hurt him. I don't Someone. know anything about this jerk. Or is he just, like, too smart for his own good? Probably that. Probably that. I think that's what it is. Huh. I think that he went in there, and he was like... Oh, okay. My boss is like pretty gullible. Oh, my boss wants my want, wants me to meet my fa- her family. Oh yeah, they're all really gullible. He just like saw, and it. they're literally like nobles. This is like gullible royalty. 
He's like, I'm going to Robin Hood these motherfuckers hard as fuck. But then it was not no. even that at all because it was really dirty and, and fucked bad. Up. It was bad. It was horrible. Huh. And I, when I first started at this topic, like this happens a lot, I thought it would be not as bad as it was. <laughs> but then I was like, started, it can't stop now. Well, um, that's crazy because you don't, you never think, when you think like someone extorting money from someone, you're just like, oh, they blackmailed them a little bit and got their money. Yeah. But that just was like involved. Invested their house and grew a cult for years. Them for 10 years. He grew a cult. He's. No, he sapped. didn't grow a cult. He found one and like. I, you know, uh, he found a, a cult. He weren't a cult before then. No, but he f- found his cult troop and <laughs> sure. just was like, well, he found a bunch of a leader, and he knew how yeah. to make, a, make, make it mold. A yeah. He found a, uh, a cult chia pet and he knew how to make it grow. Uh, so he did grow uh, a cult. Okay, fair. I, I wonder if you can that. hear both my and Zoe's mouth opening at the same time when he said that. Is it isolated? Is it two different noises? I think it's the same. Just me. Uh, uh, okay, my mine makes a noise. Never mind. So what? What was the um? Can you pronounce that name again? Would you please? <laughs> Sam, how do I do it? I have to see it again. It's Jules de Vadrines, oh, the Vadrines family, and how they got <laughs> scammed hard by Mister Tilly. What? what was Tilly's first name? I don't know how to pronounce it. Thierry. Thierry. Is it the T-H? Yeah. Ugh. It got me. And I was just so not confident about it. I was like, I couldn't, I can't, can't do it. I don't know how. I'm just going to okay. skip it. Has it been Thierry this entire time? You just called him, you called him Mr.? Yeah. I just called him, Till- I just called him Tilly the whole time. Thank you. I mean, it's a good name for him. That's and from Narnia. Like, I want to nope, tell this story, but I don't want to give this douchebag publicity. Like, you know well, what I mean? But shouldn't he have publicity? Because if not, he's just going to slip out of jail and start scamming again. Well, that's yeah. true. That's, that's like true. Like you said, you can take the scammer out of the con scam. But you, you can't right. scam out of so the con So everybody game. watch out for Thierry Tilly. <laughs> he's got a... I like the... Uh, Alliteration. Yeah. Thierry Tilly. Snappy. I wonder if that's his real name. Snappy? <laughs> no. I'm a mess. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. I liked that. that. I thought it was interesting because, like, what? He invaded their home and just was like, mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. everyone's trying to kill you. I'll save you. Give me all your money. Also, lock you up in rooms. You can only eat this when I say you eat it. And everyone has to do what I say. He spent all of that money, right? Like, there's no, there's no it's money gone. left. It's gone. Okay, same. They have nothing. It's like, he sold all of their properties. Yeah. Like, literally. He transferred that money immediately to offshore accounts. <laughs> like, into the offshore ether, gone forever. Like that's why he was caught in Switzerland, a Swiss bank account. Probably. You right. Bam. Right. They were looking for the family's bank. He probably right? like I don't know if they. I don't think they ever found like that money. So like even the authorities or anything. Well, of course, because they give it back. So he still has it. Like when he gets out of prison. Sure. Seven yeah. million dollars. Yeah, he could probably find it. But he'll be on probation and they'll probably like watch his money for a while. Whatever. He'll figure it out. 
he's a sneaky, a sneaky, manipulative Scorpio snake man. I love stories like that because I would never hear about that if it weren't for you telling me that, you know? Yes. Like, who's talking about him scamming that family? Probably not many people. Them. All right. I have a story for you guys. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Give me. Um, I can't even tell you how I got here because I have no memory of how I got here. All I can tell you is My I favorite. had to literally be like, fuck it, here's a topic, because uh, I was torn between so many different options. I had you, no idea where I wanted to go okay. with this. Is it a topic with a capital T? No. it's it's. Uh, the, I'm going to tell you a story about Gina Grant. Okay. Uh, she's... I don't know her. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, she's a 19-year-old girl. Oh. Uh, she's an honors student. It's 1995. Okay. Just in case you were wondering. I was. I have no idea when she was born. We're going to move right past it because I'm upset. Um, <laughs> Gina is 19. She's an honor student. She's captain of her Massachusetts high school tennis team. She's also a cheerleader. Uh, she was like a straight A student. Everyone loved her. She was blonde and pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, she applied to Harvard. Suddenly disinterested. Um, and in her admissions essay, she went fucking ham on like this whole she's an orphan thing. She is. She's an <laughs> Fuck. Oops. <laughs> That's sure. not she had really... everything going for him. Oh, that goddamn thing, oh, that orphan thing. Well, you know how like in your admissions letter, you're kind of like, this is where I, who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And I overcame this adversity. And her adversity is the fact that her dad died at, of cancer when she was 11. And her mom died when she was 14. Ugh. Uh, so Jesus um, it was too painful to talk about her mom dying. Uh, the way you're talking about this, you're very flippant, which means I, I, I'm, I'm go ahead. So, um, Harvard was like, yes. And they granted her early admissions, which is like not something they do. And that's like a huge thing. Um, well, and Harvard also let Elle Woods in. <laughs> Elwood's deserved it. Exactly. Are you trying to tell me that she didn't deserve to get no, into Harvard? I'm just saying, but like, if Elwood's deserves it, then so does Gina Grant. I mean, like, she's got that name. If it's they, alliteration, Gina honey. Grant. Mm-hmm. Like, if they would let her and they'd let her in. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> if they would let her and they'd let her in. If they could let her in, her in, her in. I'm done with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> So she even gets written about uh, in the Boston Globe newspaper uh, in like an article called Beating the Odds, where they like talk about a bunch of different students who like overcame adversity. They're talking about Gina because she's li- she lives alone at this point in time and she's like doing so well for herself. She moved out um, of her aunt and uncle's mm-hmm. house where she lived because uh, she was 14 when her parents died. So that was young to be alone. She couldn't be alone at 14 because that's how the law works. Did you mm-hmm. know? Um, so. But wait, can't you get like emancipated at 14? and no, then You can, but I don't think oh. she didn't. Her yeah. parents died. <laughs> Someone has arrived. I don't know who. So. The Boston Globe article comes out and uh, whatever. It happened. They mm. release it. Uh, So almost immediately after the Boston Globe article on April 2nd, 1995, which was 
in case you were wondering in my never-ending quest to read every article associated with the case, the only article from that day's <laughs> newspaper that was not available online, not even to pay for. I couldn't even fucking pay for it. I was willing to shell out the $3 to read this article, and they were like, no. <laughs> That's conspiracy. Do you want to read the page before it and after it? <laughs> That's you can. conspiracy. They digitally ripped it out. Yeah. Digital rip. Pretty Go. much. The government so. used digital rip attack. <laughs> it was very effective. <laughs> and I'm pissed off about it. So immediately after this article, the Globe and Harvard herself uh, get an anonymous letter that includes some newspaper clippings Wait, from... Oh, never mind. You said the Globe gets a letter, and I was thinking, <laughs> someone addressed the letter to the... A letter the, entire to the entire globe. globe? No, the Boston Dear Globe. Dear Earth. <laughs> the newspaper. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so they send them this letter with a couple of newspaper clippings from 1990, which is the same year that Gina Grant's mother died in that... Um, too painful to talk about incident that mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. Oh. So Harvard now, they read these articles and they're like, oh, well, s- someone's lied a little bit on their application. So the direct lie uh, was she had checked uh, in the box that was associated to if in the last three years you have incurred serious or repeated disciplinary action or if you've ever been dismissed, suspended, or separated from school or placed on probation. Well, what? (laughs) She said, she said, no. Did she think Harvard wasn't going to fucking look up her background check? Clearly they didn't, though. Right? Clearly they had no problem. She got admitted. Right. So what is this article? What is <laughs> happening here? Who knows? Let's get back to this incident. September 13th, 1990. It was not Friday the 13th. I looked it up and it wasn't. I did want to know that. I know. <laughs> I, I addressed that, that to you purposely. That was literally on my tongue. It was fired. Good. So it's a Thursday. Mm, yeah. Uh, Gina, we already know she's 14 at the time, was home. And her sister, Dana, who's nine years older, comes home. It's sometime after midnight on September 13th, probably around midnight. Uh, She tries the door, thinking it's unlocked because it's 1990 in Lexington, South Carolina, and probably no one locks the door. But it's locked, so she goes to the side door, and that's locked too. And she's like, what? My mom should be home. This is so strange. So she goes to the front door and tries her key. And when she unlocks it, someone from the inside pushes the door. Shut the fuck Mm. up. So she's like, (laughs) hard pass. And she runs next door. Of course. Next door or to a phone booth. That's the worst It doesn't really matter. Okay. She goes next door and calls the cops. The cops get called. The sheriff shows up. And... He walks with Dana back to the house and they find Gina standing outside, like visibly shook. Mm-hmm. Um, shook to her core. Right to her, her into she's, she's upset. She immediately shook tells her sister that there's been a fight and mama is hurt, maybe dead. Oh no, mama. So when the sheriff goes inside, he sees Dorothy Mayfield. She's found on the ground in the dining room with a kitchen knife in her hand. Stabbed into her neck. Oh. Uh, oh her God. head was also Rick caved Mortis. in. 
Rigor Morris. <laughs> Rigor Morris, girl. Rigor Morris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Rig. There's blood everywhere, not only in the dining room where they find her body, but also all over the walls in the kitchen. So she obviously slipped. Something, something. It hit her head is on it, the table and then stabbed splatter? herself in the neck. Or is it blood trails? Blood, all of the blood. Is it blood <laughs> writing? No blood writing. Poems? No poems. Drawings? No drawings. Hangmen? <laughs> no hangmen. Blood bending? Her chaps. <laughs> okay. Blood painting? None what? of that. So uh, the sheriff said it was completely evident that she had not died in the dining room I and guess. she actually died in the kitchen and then had been brought to the dining room. Of okay. course. Or ended up in the dining room somehow. Staged. Who knows? Um, a plastic bag was also found upstairs that had a lead crystal candlestick inside. I hate that. Um, and some blood-soaked towels. Lead crystal? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> what that is. <laughs> but that's what it is. Because sure. that's what every single article What's called it, What it? are they called? A, A lead, lead crystal, crystal candlestick. Yes. So which was it? Lead or crystal? Lead both. crystal. <laughs> It was both, obvious. A lead crystal candle. It was a lead crystal yes. candle. Obviously, Bringing to the stage a lead crystal candle. Yes. Mom. Ma. Sorry. That I'm, part. I'm Continue. So, the sheriff comes outside and he's like, Gina, Dana. <laughs> Honey. We're going to go to the station. Let's go. Your okay. mom is not doing too hot. <laughs> we got to get you out of here. There's a you whole can't be a part of knife this. Knife in the neck situation. You don't <laughs> oh, wow. That's so, oh, that's so funny, but it's so bad. Uh, at 2 a.m. on September 13th, Gina gives her first statement. So here's the story. Gina was on the phone with her boyfriend, Jack Hook. Jack Hook. No. Jack Hook. <laughs> Jack Hook. <laughs> Jack Hook. Not Jack Cook. I Sounds don't like, like a it. porn name. <clears throat> it's snappy. It is snappy. Like he has a hook penis. I mean. It's curved, not like a hook. Well, it's actually like a hook. I love Hook. It's a good movie. Uh, no. I watched the shit out of that movie. I love Hook. It, I never saw it. Wow. We got to stop the podcast. <laughs> what? We got to watch break while Hook. we watch Dustin Hoffman be Hook. <laughs> I ain't never seen that before. <laughs> Rufio. Yes. Rufio. This is not Stop it. I happening. don't understand. So. I don't understand, and therefore that makes me angry. So, Jack Hook. <laughs> the man himself. Boyfriend. Not the man. He's a child. Okay. Usually when, the, when there's boy? an accident. <laughs> he's a bouncing baby boy. What? He's a bouncing baby boy. No, he's like 15. He's like a year older. He got held back. They're in the same grade. Whatever. It's not important. Um, so they're on the phone and Dorothy comes home hoisted. And she's Who's drunk. Dorothy? The mom. Oh. She's drunk out of her goddamn mind. And she's yelling. And Gina puts the phone down, and her mother propositions her for a fight. 
and is like, Fight let's me, go, bitch. Yeah, let's let's let's, let's engage in fisticuffs. Essentially, <laughs> oh, do you even lift, bro? <laughs> she takes off her, her me, rings scared. and her suit jacket <laughs> and is like. <laughs> It's time to fight, daughter. It's not funny. It's fucked up. I'm sorry. It's I'm absurd. laughing, too. It's bizarre. So They're just taking off her it rings. It sounds fake, just but the whole, okay. The whole process of being, like, going to fight my daughter now. like Let me prepare to fight my daughter. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. It's just weird to me. So um, It's like, you made that kid. Why would you fight it? Just all of it. Then they were up. Well, so they were upstairs. They and that's where the struggle started, at the top of the stairs. Dorothy whacked her head on the ground first, and that's when all of a sudden Gina said, uh, I don't know how, I never saw it, but she had a knife. No. She pulled it up. I was terrified at that point because I just knew that she was going to kill me. So Gina breaks free somehow. You never saw the knife that you saw her pull up. And that, no, she didn't see it until she pulled it up and she was like, oh. Okay. Even though she was like taken off, like there was like a whole process, but there was no knife until the middle of the fight. She I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not doubting her story or anything. I'm right. just telling you what's happening. Gina breaks free and her mom says, this one is... of us has to go and stabs herself in the neck. This town ain't big enough. And for falls down the stairs. Oh, no. Into the dining room. Oh, one of us has to go. This time. I'll go. Stabs herself in the neck. And then falls on the stairs. Yes. Thank you. So the detective was like, um, <laughs> all right. Uh-huh. That's weird. That sounds fake, but okay. <laughs> sounds fake, but okay. <laughs> exactly. So her head was clearly like super bashed in, not like fell down the carpeted stairs bashed in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lack of blood from her stab wound that showed like it was clearly done after she had died. So like she didn't stab herself in the neck and then bleed profusely from her neck wound. Like she fell down the stairs, uh-huh. perhaps bashed her, her head got smashed. Bashed in. And then. And what's then worse? She, she stabbed herself in the, in the neck. Smacked, bashed. Or being stabbed in the neck. Well, I wasn't. No, just the words. Oh. All of these. I probably have a couple more for you. <laughs> I feel like whack is the Fuck. least. Maybe smack. Smack, whack. Bashed. Crashed. Bashed sounds bashed. professional. Like, bashed something bad happened gruesome. there. Bashed sounds gruesome. Yeah, Legend? that's not good. Smashed. Legend is too. What about smashed? It's got a rhyme. Medical. <laughs> I mean, they're all rhyming. <laughs> Crash, blash. Blashed isn't a Come word. I was following you I'm until lost. we got to blast. <laughs> Follow the sound of my voice. <laughs> Come out of the well, Liddy. <laughs> oh, I just felt like the little girl from po- Poltergeist. Just that. <laughs> Dead. What? Nothing. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> So after they take this initial statement, they like the detectives go and they regroup and they're like, that's weird because of all of these reasons. So then they go back and they confront her with those reasons, like less than three hours after they initially interviewed her. So they questioned her asking about the bag that they found upstairs with the dirty, bloody clothes in it. Yeah, what's the fucking deal? And uh, the candlestick, the lead crystal candlestick. Someone done with the candlestick in... In the in the place in the kitchen, I remember. In the kitchen, so she said that she 
she didn't change her story at all. She was like, no, no, you don't, you have to understand. I left that out because you would have thought that I killed her. Mm. But I super didn't. But I super didn't <laughs> kill her. <laughs> like, definitely, I clearly am not the murderer here. I pinky promise you that I am not the murderer. She fell down the stairs and stabbed herself in the neck. Let's play truth or dare. Stabbed herself in the neck I and then fell truth, down the stairs. I didn't kill her. Right. Was her story. Yes. She did one of the, she did the classic suicide neck stab stair tumble move. Um, it's a classic. Ten points. <laughs> Ten points to Gryffindor <laughs> for the classic suicide stare neck neck stab, stab tumble. <laughs> it's oh, an ancient technique. So the police noted that throughout this whole encounter, she was like really, really calm. The only time she cried is after all of these conversations when they tell her, "You're not going home. We're arresting you for murder." Mm-hmm. Oh, mama. Um. Because something's fishy, mama. Something's fishy at the market, and it's not the fish market. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's not the smell of the it's fish. It's not just the, fil- it's, the fish market. There's other, yeah. There's a fishier town in... in there's fishier fish geez. to fry and to, yeah. and to smell, because they're smellier. Because fish are... Yeah. Wait. Oh. Are we recording? <laughs> <laughs> so... When the autopsy comes back, it shows, like, definitively that the knife stab wound was post-mortem. Okay. Uh, the candlestick was definitely what had smashed her in her head. Because it's lead and or crystal and or. And or. Crystal. And it was 13 <laughs> times in the head that she had been smashed. That's like sure, elementary. Not the act, but, like, this, like, autopsy seeing that. Because it's like, okay, um, the knife wound didn't clot and the head is fucking smashed in. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, but they also, like, measured up the candlestick with, like, the wounds and shit to make sure uh, that it was definitely yeah. the weapon. And the candlestick was a gift to Dorothy from Gina. The perfect hmm. crime, except absolutely not at all. <laughs> and, ugh, right? So the candlestick had no prints. It was like wiped clean, but the knife brings some curious results. Oh. Uh, the prints match Jack Hook, Gina's 15-year-old delinquent boyfriend. Oh. Uh, he's got like a rap sheet full of like nonviolent crimes, like vandalism and he's like dumb boy. shit. That, I knew like, I didn't trust him. Does he wear a leather jacket? Probably. He's dating this like 14-year-old, um, super smart like. Does he have a ten-speed bike? Probably. That's no. He drives. He steals his dad's red Corvette. Oh, he's, he's next a, level. He's mama. a bad boy with a capital two capital, two capital B's, capital. It's a, it's sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're all right. Oh, good. Um, so he also was a huge source of discord in Dorothy and Gina's relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because he's older and a bad boy and had been to prison. So how do you think mama's going to feel about her daughter dating that man? She's going to want to fight her. She's going to want to fight her. Just straight up. Just take, let's take this outside. Um, Hey, hey, you, you. I don't like your boyfriend. (laughs) Exactly. No way, no way. I'm going to fucking fight you. (laughs) So Gina and Jack had like a secret code to sneak him into the house. Okay. Because How does a code, he got snuck into the house on a constant basis. How does a code sneak a person into a, a well, house? Well, they would go, she would go outside with her dog mm. and um, 
I couldn't figure out what kind of dog I wanted to know. I see it as and a Jack the Russell name? Terrier. Probably. That is what immediately I imagined. It's very 90s. Couldn't get a name either. Hmm. All of these court records are sealed because she's what? 14. Roxy. Um, <laughs> so, Roxy. Roxy the Jack Russell Terrier. So I love Wishbone. What's the story, Wishbone? <laughs> I was not here for Wishbone. <laughs> anyway. I like Sky Dancers. <laughs> they made a show and it was so good. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's quite all right. Quite. Um, so she would go outside with her dog and she would either say, uh, you stupid dog, which meant <laughs> come inside uh-huh. or go get your bone, which meant go home. My mom's awake still. Ooh. And this worked like flawlessly for a really long time. Can you repeat that for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you know, that's weird. Those are my safe words during sex. So, like, I understand how this would Please absolutely them. be a flaw. I forgot my, my brain let go of them the oh, second I heard no. them. I don't even remember what they are. Oh, no. Dominic, will you do it? Do you remember? It was... Um, you stupid, stupid dog. dog. <laughs> and that means go, come inside? Yeah, and go get your bone. <laughs> means go away. My go mom's away. home. Yes. yes. Okay. Wow. Not even my mom's home, because he would sneak in while she was home all the time. My mom's she's awake. awake. Oh, wake. Yeah. Oh, wake. Oh, wake. So, uh, Gina and Jack's relationship seemed to be the catalyst, uh, and not Dorothy's tendency to, like, reach for the bottle. That wasn't really the problem here, even though the mom was three times over the legal limit at the time of her death. Wow. That did come back. That's like, she was like, <laughs> point... Three zero and point three seven is dead. Wow. Oh. So she was like super drunk. She was climbing that ladder. Like passed out drunk, not like fighting my daughter drunk, but also Mm. I don't know how people handle their liquor. Yeah. It just seems like passed out drunk. Like almost dead. Almost dead is probably like Or you're awake. But completely blacked out. Yes, you know like who you knows? Can't function. Who knows? Well, she could be blacked out and fighting her daughter. Yeah, that's that's totally true. It's very true. She um, could have resentments. So anyway, both Gina and Jack had put into custody because clearly he had something to do with it. If he had fingerprints on the knife, even though he was like, "I'm at her house all the time. Like, I touch her knives." <laughs> I touch <laughs> knives, bro. <laughs> okay, I'm making my business. He also was like, I. Th- I was just last week throwing those knives. I was learning to throw knives and that's the knife I used. I threw it into a tree. I remember. So they were like, you're being dramatic right now. A kitchen knife was being, okay, same. So, um, he's like, listen, I saw it in a movie. I want to do it. I like throwing knives. Quit being a douchebag officer. Yeah. So they get put into jail. No one's pulling them out of jail. And about mid-October, Gina calls the sheriff and is like, I got it. I got it. I got it. I know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've cracked the case. (laughs) She's got a lawyer now. Okay. Oh, she she knows what happened. She's like, now I got it, you guys. Jack did it. Yes. We were on the phone and my mom started yelling and he had to come protect me. So me and my mom were fighting. And during this fight, he shows up with the candlestick to defend me. Why does he have it? 
He's gonna defend it. He's gonna. But why does he have it? He he needed it to he defend it. it. He, it's he lead crystal. It. It's lead crystal, and he grabbed it. <laughs> uh, but he only needed it to defend himself because Dorothy already was holding the knife. And they both reached for the gun. And they both reached <laughs> for the lead crystal candlestick. So after the first hit, Jack whacked Dorothy in the head. Whacked or bashed? This time, just one whack. Just a whack. And she turned away. And then the bashing started to occur. Oh, no. But she didn't watch any of this, so she had no idea. But when she turned around, when it was over, her mother was dead and had a knife in her neck. She did remember that Jack put the hand, the mom's hand around the neck, the knife, and was like, we'll just blame it on her. It's fine. (laughs) Just blame it on the alcohol. That is exactly what they did. (laughs) So... Anyway, after she finishes giving this new statement, right. she basically admits like f- freely and openly that this is a new statement just so she can get out of jail and blame it on Jack. Oh, uh, she, and she, they were like, is this a statement so you can blame this on Jack and get out of jail? And she said, yeah, kind exactly. of. And the cops were like, what? And she was like, I guess you guys will just have to decide who you believe, I guess. Oh. Uh. Oh, okay. Because you Jack just, like, had a record. To... Mm-hmm. So if Jack were to turn around and say, I didn't do that, are they going to believe this delinquent older man or this small blonde woman, right. 14-year-old child who's on the honor roll and That's a, a cheerleader? That's a great plan, sweetheart, that you should have not said <laughs> in front of all these queens. You should have not <laughs> told to the cops, right? So... She still goes to trial, and it's January 1991. She pleads no contest to, she gets it down to involuntary manslaughter. Wow. And she is sentenced to six months in jail. What about Jack? He also gets a little bit of time, but okay. I think they pretty much like let him out. Okay. I think they're like, eh. He stabbed like- her after the fact. Idiots. You know, like she was already dead. Of course, (laughs) probably. I don't know what the law is. I don't know. You can pin someone. The U.S. justice system (laughs) here to put on a sick joke. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. And since she was a kid, this like all gets sealed in her record, right? Uh, so she's eventually released from this. I don't even know. I think she's in a juvenile facility. I think they release her from the juvenile facility to her aunt's and uncle's custody um, mm-hmm. in Massachusetts, not in South Carolina anymore. This is when she moves. And less than 18 months after the murder, she's out living on her own. There's not much that we know about why she moved out of her aunts and uncles, but it's rumored that they were the ones that actually sent the newspaper clippings to Harvard and to the newspaper because she like caused so much trouble for them. in like mm-hmm. the four months she lived there, I tried to kill them too. She might've tried to kill them. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but she was able to move out cause she was getting money from a trust fund from her dead parents. Yeah. One of whom she murdered. Yep. Homest. Homest. <laughs> that's like not. That's not chill. No. Elle Woods would never do this. No, Elle Woods would, would never, never do that. Um, so she would never. <laughs> this uh, whole thing kind of like 
blew up in the media afterward because they were like questioning Harvard's right to like drop her. But okay. Hart, there was like an article in the Harvard like student newspaper that was like people get kicked out of Harvard people get kicked out of Harvard for way less than murdering their mom. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially like Mm -hmm. people get turned down from this school all the time. Only 11% of the applicants that year got in or something. So they were like, they have the right to drop her. It's really not that big of a deal, but other people said that she didn't really lie. She didn't think they would ever be able to find out. And it's not fair for the media to like try her. Because she was like legally that sealed in her record, the same thing. and legally Expunged. schools aren't allowed to ask if you're a felon. Like they can't tell you you can't come to school because you're have been in jail. So, so how they why they how they because hmm? she checked that she had never been. She checked that she'd oh. been taken away from school. Oh. So she lied on the application and then lied in her interview process saying that her mother died in a tragic accident that hurt too much to talk about. Oh yeah. When it wasn't really a tragic accident, it was pretty much Moida. decided upon premeditated murder. It was Moida. Moida should have just foul. kept it at your mother is dead. My mom's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she should have literally been like, my mom's dead. Everyone died. Everything's <laughs> horrible. But so the majority of people seem to side with Gina, just like they did after the murder. Mm -hmm. And even though she lost her spot in the 1999 class at Harvard, she was accepted into a couple other schools, including Columbia um, University and uh, Tufts, 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 (laughs) University in Massachusetts, where she started to go. But super quietly and alone. They didn't even give her a, a roommate. She didn't go to um, Columbia. I feel like it might have been too much. Maybe she was afraid they'd kick her out if she accepted it. Like, okay, who knows? Sure. She went to, like, the small school that was kind of known for accepting students with a strange background. Murdering your mother? I don't know if it I... qualifies, I doesn't it? I Not for the word strange. <laughs> yeah. I think that's in the... Harder direction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, there's also the theory that maybe she did it to protect herself. She didn't. She didn't. I'm hard hard on the side of the fence that she did not. Um, And it's actually probably, like, a couple days before she had told one of her friends that her mom was abusive. I can smell Um, the bullshit in her pockets. But, like, a couple days before she ended up murdering her mother was the first time she ever mentioned it. It kind of like all adds up to her just like straight up planning to murder her mother with a lead crystal candlestick that she gave her. God damn it. Who has a candlestick readily available and then you drag her around and you try and hide it and then your your boyfriend shows up and like stabs her through the, the neck. neck real hard. Mr. It just Fixin. doesn't add He's up, like, I've got a great idea. <laughs> and I just thought it was a crazy story because she got damn. kicked out of Harvard for murdering her mom. Wow. But she didn't even go to jail for it, really. Six months. Not really. It's um That's bullshit. completely absurd to me that you she can take just a human her life name. and get out of walk in six months. Why didn't six she months is no amount of time at all. Gina Grant. The alliteration is too much. Well, I guess she could have changed something else. Was no, her name I... Gina or was her name 
Gina Grant. Grant. Oh, Grant. what was her sister's name? Dana. Dana. And her mother's name was Dorothy. 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 But Dorothy. Dorothy. Her father's name was Charles. Charles. And then the mom's Charles new Henry. husband's name was Clark. Cool. He wasn't around. He was like on a business trip or something when sure. she got murdered. So she waited until the husband was away on a business trip to like, like literally. Perfect like timing for her. She waited until no one was there and murdered the mom. Who knows? Whatever. She that died. sounds right. <laughs> she went to school, graduated from school, probably changed her name. I couldn't find anything about her recently. Hmm. She knows anything about anything. She should have just changed her name. Maybe. She, do you have a picture of her? Like, have you seen her? No. Kind of. Okay. Kind of. Like, she could court be your photos. She, she could be my neighbor. Would you recognize her on the street? No. Watch she out for those Gina Grants. Don't trust anyone with a southern accent. Uh, don't yes. trust anyone, period. Trust no bitch. That part. So that's the story of Gina Grant. I love that. And her... Not Harvardness. <laughs> wow. Only once. That was a trip. It was a trip. I felt like it was a trip. My gourd. It was a trip for me. I had no idea where that research was going or if I'd yeah. be able to get anything from uh, it because all of the records were sealed because she was a child and yeah. the newspaper articles were mysteriously missing. It's fine. Maybe she worked for the newspaper and she Digital ripped rip. them. Maybe. Yeah. She digitally ripped them. Digitally ripped. Digital ripped. Ripped. Digital ripped. With an H. That's so what you have for us? It, that would Wait. be you. You're up next. You're the next one. I'm See? ready. I'm ready for your story. Um, go. I'm not giving you a title because it's gonna give it away. So I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna. We're just getting right into this. Honestly. Okay, come at um, it. And I need to move so that I'm in front of a mic. I'm gonna uh, close my eyes and picture. Cool. Okay. Give me a picture. Okay, so it's November 24th. <gasps> it's the day before my birthday. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were going to clock the story from that information, and I was going to be <laughs> impressed. I knew it. And it's 1971. Do you want us to shout it when we know what it is, or do you not want us to do that? You're going to know in like a Four line seconds. or two. All right. I'm going to uh, stop now. I think. Keep talking. Oh. What if you don't know this at all? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you know this. Hello. It's safe bet. I don't know anything ever. I'm pretty sure you've heard this at least. <laughs> We're gonna get into we'll it. We'll see. Okay. So, a middle-aged man, Ugh. carrying a black attaché case, approached the flight counter of Northwest or Airlines at Portland International Airport. He identified himself as Dan Cooper, <laughs> and used cash to purchase a one-way ticket. On flight 305, a 30-minute trip to Seattle. Cooper boarded the aircraft and took a seat in the back of the plane. Mm-hmm. He lit a cigarette and ordered a bourbon and soda. Because they're allowed to do that on yes. planes. In the 71. 70s. That yeah. is yeah. wild. He was in a suit, right? Yes. Yeah, because it's like a formal event getting on a plane. Because it's like it could be your funeral, so it's like you wear <laughs> funeral attire. I feel like we're far enough into the future that it wasn't that formal. That's the 70s. But maybe. I, oh yeah, did you think you were going to die when you got on a plane uh, in the well, 70s? Well, I don't think that's why people I don't dressed know. up. I that, people dressed that up is more. Not, but the people did, they used to dress up for <laughs> Yeah, no, it used to be a, a full thing. Yeah. yeah. And then, in the 70s, they still did. I believe you. I just didn't know. I like that. <laughs> I didn't know. And can then, you believe this? Can I? Like, <laughs> 
That's it. I'm done. Shit. Cancel podcast. Um, yeah. Fellow passengers described him as a man in his mid-40s, between 5'10 and 6 feet tall. He wore a black lightweight raincoat, loafers, a dark suit, a neatly pressed white collared shirt, a black neck tie, and a mother of pearl tie pin. What color eyes did he have? Brown. Like a warm brown or? Like a walnut. Okay. (laughs) Flight 305 departed on schedule at 2.50 p.m. Shortly after takeoff, Cooper handed a note to Florence Schaffner. The flight attendant situated nearest to him in a jump seat. Shafter assumed that the note contained his phone number and dropped it unopened into her purse. Because <laughs> um, she's a great woman. Cooper she leaned. knows how to handle it. Exactly. She's like, bye. I don't want this. She's like, who? Do you want another bourbon? Okay. Cooper leaned toward her and whispered, Miss, you better look at that note. I have a bomb. Oh, my God. The note was printed in all neat, all capital letters with a felt tip pen. Its exact wording is unknown because Cooper later reclaimed it, but Florence Schaffner recalled that it indicated that he had to bomb his briefcase and it directed her to sit beside him. Florence, what? sit beside him? Oh, ew. Florence did as <laughs> right. requested. Then she quietly asked to see the bomb. Cooper cracked open his briefcase long enough for her to glimpse. She wants to see the receipts. <laughs> right. Because I mean, like, like, I want to see the receipts. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> not on today. Let me see fucker. it. Period. You I'm better not playing. come with me to that fucking bullshit because I can smell it a mile away. Cooper cracked open his briefcase long enough for her to see eight red cylinders attached to wires coated with red insulation. That sounds legit. And a large cylindrical battery. That's bomb looking. It's bomb looking. But is it like too bomb looking? Is it like prop, I don't prop bomb? It is. Looking? I don't know. Don't all bombs? bombs? Is it beeping? don't all bombs look, look too bomb like looking? a fake bomb? Fair. <laughs> I've never seen a bomb. Well, something. Yeah, you, didn't, you have. I'm sure something you didn't Excuse know. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Something you didn't know about bombs is real bombs actually have a heartbeat. If you listen, what? Um, that's a lie. Thank you. You're welcome. Can you believe this shit? Is that a lie? It was a lie. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. I liked it. I mean, I don't know. I love to have fun. Sorry, Dominic, you had a story and I attacked it. After closing his briefcase, he dictated his demands. He wanted uh, $200,000 in negotiable American currency. Negotiable? Negotiable American currency. Oh, because you can get some tens. You can give me some ones if you want to. Mix it up. He asked for four parachutes, uh, two primary and two reserve. And a fuel truck standing by in a Seattle, in Seattle to refuel the plane upon arrival. Florence then uh, conveyed Cooper's instructions to the pilots in the cockpit. When she returned, he was wearing dark sunglasses. For no reason at all. For uh, fun. They made him funsy. look cool. Yeah. The pilot, so William Scott. Th- Sorry, so he thought. He thought. Oh, well, yeah. Look cool. He thought. Yeah, but she thought. No, he looked cool. He looked pretty cool. I think. Um, Do you really know? I don't. The pilot, William Scott, contacted Seattle-Tacoma Airport Air Traffic Control, which in turn informed local and federal authorities. The 36 other passengers, because this is on a plane with other people on it, um, were given false information that their arrival in Seattle would be delayed because of a minor mechanical difficulty. Lies. Blatant lies, because there's a bomb. Lies, 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 Manelli. And what does Liza Minnelli do? 
She lies. 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 <laughs> Liza Minnelli is going to sue us. Don't sue us, Liza. <laughs> we love you. My you know, big fan. Kay. Mama. Uh, airline. Maybe this time. <laughs> for the first time. Love won't hurry away. Sorry. <laughs> Liza, don't sue me. <laughs> well, that's oh my God, Cabaret we're going to get sued by Liza Minnelli. She's going to be the one. And the company of Cabaret. <laughs> that part. movie is so good. Um... Uh, the airline Northwest Orient's uh, president, Donald Nyrop, N-Y-R-O-P, Nyrop. 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 Authorized payment of the ransom and ordered all employees to cooperate fully with Cooper's demands. It was $200,000? $200,000 in a negotiable American currency. So they handled this internally? Yes. They were like, we got it. Yeah, I, for some reason it was the airline's job to supply this money. I don't know how that works. I don't know how ransom laws. <laughs> Ran, are there ransom laws? I don't know how it works really. Like I don't know. I think there's like I think it depends on how they decide to handle the situation. Usually mm. they don't pay the ransom and like let the murder. You know, usually it doesn't come to paying it's a the plane, ransom. Though maybe they didn't want to lose ask the, the cops. Maybe they didn't want to like. Yeah, how much your, did the your, plane cost? First, was the plane more than two hundred thousand dollars? So, yeah, like, planes are expensive. So, paying two hundred thousand dollars to not lose the plane. <laughs> Sam's mad that we're asking about how much the plane costs and not how much all of the humans on the plane are worth as humans. I'm not talking about my priorities. <laughs> I'm talking about the priorities of an airport. Sure, yeah. but so, also like, fair. They but would. No. They would. They wouldn't. They would, they wouldn't, you can't put on, they wouldn't put on paper like, oh, the quality of human life, not dying. Uh, well, they would They'd be like, oh, well, just, it just financial sense makes, we don't want to have to replace an entire plane. Planes don't sue when they crash. True fact. Humans sue when they but it's crash. All, I'm, I'm just saying it's all money motivated. Yeah, but you can sue for a hell of a lot more than what a plane's worth if yeah. your family goes down in a hostage crisis oh, on a yeah. plane. Yeah. I think about 36 people is like, what, 200,000? I think it's pretty even. But the plane is definitely more expensive than human lives. <laughs> I, I think 200, no, I, I don't think 36 people. Uh, 30, 36 people would be more 36 than two. people. It's more than 200,000 is lowballing. <laughs> like inflation, that's different. Like now people are worth a lot more. Anyway. Inflation of um, human life. <laughs> Plus, it, it depends, like, perspective is a lot of that, because the buyer's perspective, if you're putting a price on a human life... I didn't mean to get into this. It's right. The buyer's perspective influences the price. So it's like, what? Like, how much are all of my organs worth separately in the black market? Like, that's a different question. It also depends, like, yeah, are they worth more to people who know you and have grudges? Are there people who want your organs, who follow you around and look you up on the deep web and try and get people? Like to that take guy who's trying to get Charles Manson's body <laughs> oh for witchcraft. God. Oh my God, I forgot, Sam. There, I forgot. He's suing in a court of law. Like, there's, a, there's oh. a legal battle going on for the right to have Charles Manson's body. Is he a family member? I don't know that much about it. Okay, I don't think he's entitled. He, he was promised it by Charles Manson in <laughs> letters is what the story is. What? I forgot that Sam was sitting over there and he was lined up with Zoe for a little bit and then all of a sudden I just saw the slightest movement <laughs> and I was like, what is crouched behind Zoe? I literally had a little spike of panic and I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> 
Well, what's who's um, it's, who's? <laughs> where are we? <laughs> who did I? Who did I wrong? A plane circled in the air for about two hours to allow Seattle police and the FBI sufficient time to assemble Cooper assemble Cooper's parachutes and the ransom money and to mobilize emergency personnel. Uh, Florence, the flight attendant, recalled that Cooper appeared familiar with the local terrain. At one point, he remarked, looks like Tacoma down there, as the aircraft flew above it. He also correctly mentioned that McCord Air Force Base was only a 20-minute drive from Seattle-Tacoma Airport, randomly off the cuff. That's a fact and a half. (laughs) Uh, Florence described him as calm, polite, and well-spoken. Tina Mucklow, another flight attendant, agreed. He wasn't nervous, she told investigators. He seemed rather nice. He was never cruel or nasty. He was thoughtful and calm all the time. He ordered a second bourbon and water, paid his drink tab, and attempted to give Florence the change, which he refused, and even offered to request meals for the flight crew during the stop in Seattle, which they also refused. He's a very nice hijacker. Nice, or he wants them to like him because he wants to, like, salve guilt. He's looking for validation. (laughs) I don't think he cares Pat him on the head. I mean, (laughs) humans are complex. Sure. Sure. Tell him he's good at things. I will not tell him. He's trying really hard, Dominic. Oh, he's trying. He's going (laughs) to... I'm not going to tell him nice things. That's not my job. You just told me to tell him nice things. I did. That was so... Everything happened so much. <laughs> Horse ebooks, Horse 2011. E-books. It's gonna see us. Um, at five. I wish. <laughs> Fight me! Bring me. it. And it takes off rings. Match and glow, motherfucker. <laughs> Make my goddamn day. Make my week. Sorry. <laughs> at 5:24 p.m., uh, Cooper was informed that his demands had been met. And at 5.39 p.m., the plane landed at Seattle-Tacoma Airport. Cooper instructed the pilot, William Scott, to taxi the plane to an isolated, brightly lit section of the tarmac and close each window shade in the cabin to deter police snipers. The airline's Seattle operations manager, Al Lee, approached the plane in street clothes to avoid the possibility that Cooper might mistake his airline uniform for that of a police officer and delivered the cash-filled knapsack and parachutes to Tina the other flight attendant, huh. via the back stairs. So he has the money, he has his parachutes, he's ready to go. Once delivery was completed, Cooper then permitted all passengers, Florence and senior flight attendant Alice Hancock, who was only mentioned once, to leave the plane. Did he get his refuel? During refueling, what? Cooper outlined his flight plan to the cockpit crew. It's now called a flight deck, by the way. It's no longer called a cockpit because... Cockpit. There's not always just cock in the pit. You know cock what I mean? Pit. Yeah. Why is it called a cockpit? Uh, it's not really because they're all the men were pilots. I don't think, but um, it's called a flight deck now. I think the term cockpit was just insensitive once huh. women were um, allowed to be humans and have jobs. Is that true? Probably not. Talking right out of my ass. I think you are. You see, you see how my lips form to an asshole. <laughs> well, I just wanted to call you out live so we didn't put that down as a fact on the podcast. Oh, of course. I've... Yes. <laughs> so uh, 
Cooper's flight plan was a southeast course headed toward Mexico City at the minimum airspeed possible without stalling the aircraft. He further specified that the landing gear remained deployed in takeoff and landing position and that the wing flaps below at 15 degrees and the cabin remained unpressurized. Co-pilot William Radish Sack. Radish Sack? R-A-T-A-C-Z-A-K. Wow. Rad as a Zach. Check. Right at check. Check, probably. Check. Rattata. Rattata. Is what? a Pokemon. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was. I said it back at you. But then was like, what did I just say? <laughs> uh, so, so Rad is check. He <laughs> informed Cooper that the plane's range was limited to approximately 1,000 miles under the specified flight configuration, which meant that a second refueling stop would be necessary before entering Mexico. Cooper and the crew discussed options and agreed on Reno, Nevada as a refueling stop. And finally, Cooper directed that the plane take off with the rear exit door open and its staircase extended. Uh, Northwest Airlines home office objected on grounds that it was unsafe to take off with the back staircase deployed. Yeah, it's not a car. Also, I'll get to his plan. Okay. Cooper countered that it was indeed safe. But but he would not argue the point. He would lower it once they were airborne. What? He would lower it once they were airborne. And then... (laughs) Why? No. At approximately 7.40 p.m., the 727 took off with only Cooper, pilot William Scott, flight attendant Tina Mucklow, co-pilot William Radicek, and a flight engineer, H.E. Anderson, aboard. I feel like you only have to be an author to have, like, two initials as a name. Like, you're a flight engineer, and your name is H.E. Anderson. I'm going to change my name to (laughs) Z.O. Do it. I kind of like that, though. (laughs) Z.O. I don't hate it. How the turntables. How the turntables. I really like it. Two F-106 fighter planes from Accord Air Face. Uh, Air Face? Air Air Force Force Base? Base. (laughs) Follow behind, one above it and one below, out of Cooper's view. Oh, they sandwiched him. Yes. Goodbye. After takeoff, Cooper instructed Tina to join the rest of the crew in the cockpit and remain there with the door closed. What would you do if you saw that in the sky? A plane? A plane sandwiched between two other planes? Like, just flying. I've seen planes fly together. No. Like, in a stack? Fair. Mama... (laughs) Stack, it's like a stack of flapjacks. <laughs> Your turn. As Tina complied, um, she observed that Cooper was tying something around his waist. At approximately 8 p.m., a warning light flashed in the cockpit, indicating that the back air stair apparatus had been activated. Air stair? Air stair. The air stairs. Air stair. Of course. <laughs> Uh, the crew's offer of assistance via the plane's intercom system was currently refused. The crew soon noticed a change of air pressure, indicating that the back door was open. Uh-oh. At approximately 8.13 p.m., the plane's tail section sustained a sudden upward movement, significant enough to bring the plane back to level flight. At approximately 10.15 p.m., Scott and Radichak, Zach, Shrek, <laughs> landed the 727 with the back air stair deployed at Reno Airport. 
FBI agents, state troopers, sheriff deputies, and Reno police surrounded the jet as it had not yet been determined with certainty that Cooper was no longer aboard, but an armed search quickly confirmed that he was gone. <laughs> so. He walked out onto the stairs. Mom, well, he up. opened the stairs and got sucked the fuck out. <laughs> That's probably true. Well, he had a parachute. He got four of them. He had four of them. Not strapped to his body. But, I mean, anyway. What's uh, the point of having them? All four of them. If they're not strapped. I'll get to that. Okay. Uh, FBI agents recovered 66 unidentified Latin fingerprints aboard the airliner. But Latin? Did you say Latin? Latin. Oh. Uh, I didn't know you could racially. <laughs> Sorry. I... Did you think I said Latin? Yeah. I definitely did. <laughs> Latent. Latent. <laughs> With a T, mom. Latent. Uh, fingerprints aboard the airliner. Uh, the agents also found Cooper's black clip-on tie and mother of pearl tie clip. Clip-on? Yeah, it was a clip-on tie. Can't even tie-tie. No. Uh, and two of the four parachutes. My father wears zip ties. Excuse me? They zip. You zip them up. To what? Just uh, around the, the neck. You put, them, you put them around your neck. And then the back of the tie, the knot of the tie, has the part of the zipper, and you zip it up to the top of your neck. Like, you adjust it. I tighten don't it like up that. A zipper. I don't respect it. You, or you I'm just not here for it. <laughs> but it's got a zipper. And I'm offended the by it. The future is here. The future <laughs> is now. You just tie the tie. I don't know how to fucking tie it's a tie. It's easy. You're just like, drip, flip, and see you later. Bye. Let's get a tie and just do this. I could do right. it right now. I could show everyone. <laughs> so the the fingerprints, they find them. Um, yes, and they find his... Uh, tip on, clip on tie. Tip, tip on, on cly. In <laughs> <laughs> his uh, tie clip and two of the four parachutes, one of which had been open and two shroud lines cut from its canopy. Huh. Uh, most likely used to tie the money around his waist. Yeah. Uh, local police and FBI agents immediately began questioning possible suspects. An Oregon man, Oregon, not Oregon, Oregon man <laughs> named D.B. Cooper, who had a minor police record, was one of the first persons of interest in the case. He was contacted by Portland police on the off chance that the hijacker had used his real name or the same alias in a previous crime. His involvement was quickly ruled out. Quickly? Quickly? Quickly ruled out. But a local reporter rushing to meet a deadline confused the eliminated suspect's name with the pseudonym used by the hijacker. A wire service reporter republished the error, followed by numerous other media sources. 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 why can't I speak? Numerous other media sources. And the moniker D.B. Cooper became lodged in the public collective memory. I'm doing D.B. Cooper, on, if you mm-hmm. did not know. A I love it. precise search area was difficult to define, as even small differences in estimates of the aircraft's speed or the environmental conditions along the flight path changed Cooper's projected flight plan considerably. An important variable was the length of time he remained in the freefall before pulling, pulling his ripcord if he succeeded in opening a parachute at all. Oh, my God. Because all of that would literally, like, float into a completely different spot. Yeah. yeah. 
So there are so many different yeah, crazy factors. variables that he could be anywhere. They have to like, he could yeah. be at the bottom of the ocean. He could be left. He could be right. He could be up, down. The He's Bermuda the Triangle the got him. He could be sucked into another dimension through the Bermuda Triangle or the Dragon Trial Triangle. You, 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 you just could never be sure. But Aliens. Really but do you really know? Aliens. <laughs> they got him. Um, or it was a poltergeist. In oh. the air. He could be they in Davy up. Jones' locker. Could have fell into the deep web. <laughs> it's deep. Easy to get lost. Are you just listing your possible topics now at this no, point? <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm just a um, Dominic's story. Thank is you. what I'm interrupting. <laughs> Neither of the Air Force fighter pilots saw anything exit the airliner, either visually or on radar, nor did they see a parachute open. On radar? Apparently. I don't can know how you see could, a person on radar then? I don't yeah. think you can see a person on radar anyway. I don't know why this is included. <laughs> no? I don't think you can see a person on radar. You wouldn't so have like radar dots. and see something happen I in think you it? can it wouldn't see set off? big mechanical things like another plane. But I don't think a person is. It doesn't get like birds and shit. No, yeah, they don't no. have like They'd a pre- They don't have like radar okay. wasn't a, that precise. Radar isn't, and also, well, I'm not. I don't know shit about radar. Let me not say. Well, now there's like radar fish, goddamn things. I've heard of like radar fish. Yeah, radar um, to look for fish. Yeah, radar to look for fish on a boat. And and on that, you actually can see like an fish radar. Fish radar. Radar fish. Radar fish. (laughs) (laughs) Giving me radar fish. Yeah, I'm serving radar fish. Uh, but radar, um, radar fish. Yes, mama. Sorry. Bring it to the stage. Sorry. 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 Get on up. Get on your feet. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. What is that from? Get Parks and make it. It's from. Gloria Estefan, the musical oh. <laughs> called Get On Your Feet. Oh. Get up and make it happen. I saw it live. It was really good. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, they played it in Parks They also did play it on Parks and Recreation. <laughs> That's where I heard it. Look at you, Miss Musical Theater Know It All About. Surprise. I'm not yeah. surprised, and I love it about you. I also don't know anything about musical theater. That's not true at all. <laughs> We're going to move on. <laughs> it's a great idea. Uh, it was at night, though, so it's very possible that uh, there was... That they just didn't see him. Yeah. It's extremely limited visibility and cloud cover, obscuring any ground lighting below. Wow. An airborne human figure clad in all black clothing could easily have gone undetected. Uh, initial extrapolations place Cooper's landing zone within an area of the southernmost outreach of Mount St. Helens, a few miles outside of uh, Ariel, Washington. Search efforts focused on Clark and Cowlitz counties in southeast Washington. FBI agents and sheriff deputies from these counties search large areas of the mountainous wilderness on foot and by helicopter. Door-to-door searches of local farmhouses were also carried out. But there was no trace of Cooper, nor any of the equipment presumed to have left the plane with him, ever found. How much money did they give him? 
200,000. That's not a lot. No, it's not. Uh, 1971 with inflation. I don't know how much it would be now, actually. It's not. I'm actually going to look it up. Not difference. enough to disappear, right? It wouldn't last you that long. You know? Yeah. I'm looking up an inflation calculator, like, literally, because I want to know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, why not? Depending on how good you are at, like, budgeting and frugalness and such. If you survive your free fall from an airplane. Well, of course. Well, you have a, you have a fucking parachute and shit, right? You have four parachutes. Well, if you, if you know how to... He knows where the... No, he knows some stuff. Does he know his Do you business? think if you jump with a parachute, you automatically know how to work it? Well, if you Do ask, you think if your plan... Okay. If you're like this calculated and your plan is parachute well, jump out of a plane, you might as well know how to do it. I mean, you're right. Right? You don't just ask for a parachute and then jump to your death. I wouldn't ask for a parachute as my escape route. I don't know how to use a parachute. Well, when it's your only option. I'd ask for a parachute and an instructor. <laughs> uh, $200,000 in 1971 would be $1,205,496.33 now. So we asked for like okay. a million bucks. It's yeah. not that much. It's not enough to disappear for life. No, it isn't. The FBI also coordinated an aerial search using fixed-wing aircraft and helicopters from Seattle to Reno. While numerous broken treetops and several pieces of plastic and other objects resembling parachute canopies were sighted and investigated, nothing relevant to the hijacking was ever found. Until February 1980. Eight-year-old Brian Ingram, vacationing with his family on the Columbia River about nine miles downstream from Vancouver, Washington, and 20 miles southeast of Ariel, which was his projected uh, landing spot, uh, he uncovered three packets of the ransom cash as he raked the sandy riverbank to build a campfire. Mom, I found money. <laughs> the bills were significantly disaccounted. <laughs> disaccounted. Did you just have a stroke? <laughs> Honestly, I'm having a stroke. I think we're all stroke. having a stroke, and I love it. <laughs> the bills were significantly disintegrated, but still bundled in rubber bands. The FBI technicians confirmed that the money was indeed a portion of the ransom. Two packets of a hundred dollar, two packets of a hundred twenty dollar bills each, and a third packet of ninety, all arranged in the same order as when given to Cooper. The discovery launched several new rounds of conjecture and ultimately raised more questions than it answered. To date, yeah. none of the nine thousand seven hundred ten remaining bills have turned up anywhere in the world. And their serial numbers remain available online for public search. He fell into another dimension. Very possible. Uh, over the 45-year span of its active investigation, the FBI periodically made public some of its working hypotheses and tentative conclusions drawn from witness testimony and the scarce physical evidence. Uh, in late 2007, the FBI announced that a partial DNA profile had been attained Obtained from three organic samples found on Cooper's clip-on tie, uh, though they later acknowledged that there was no evidence that the hijacker was the source of the sample material, because it's just a tie. Anyone could mm -hmm. have touched it. Uh, the tie had two small DNA samples and one large sample, said Special Agent Fred Gut. What kind of sample? Gut. Like touch DNA? Like what was it? Uh, sperm. Spit. I'm just kidding. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh. It's just... A oh, okay. fingernail, like a, like an entire fingernail. Well, like no, because it wouldn't be found on the. It wouldn't be found <laughs> on the tie. 
Like, you know, when you rip off a fingernail. And just place it on your tie clip. For someone to find. Yeah. Clip it to your tie with the clip. <laughs> it's art. Uh, they said it's difficult to draw from conclusions from these samples, obviously. The official physical description remained unchanged and is considered reliable. Uh, flight attendants Florence and Tina, who spent the most time with Cooper, were interviewed on the same night in separate cities and gave nearly identical descriptions. So, Cooper appeared to be familiar with the Seattle area and may have been an Air Force veteran, Based, this is all speculation, by the way, based on testimony that he recognized the city of Tacoma from the air and his accurate comment to Tina that the Air Force base was 20 minutes driving time from Mm -hmm. the airport, a detail most civilians would not know or nor or comment upon, upon. He demanded four parachutes to force the assumption that he might compel one or more hostages to jump with him, thus ensuring that he would not be deliberately supplied with sabotage equipment. didn't he cut up one of the parachutes? For well, that's rope? after. Well, yeah. Well, he also demanded four of them because so they would be like, oh, fuck. Oh, He's going to okay. make one of them jump with him. So they yeah. made sure all four of them were like, in working condition. Sure. Um, Just in case. Yeah. He chose a 727 aircraft because it was ideal for a bailout escape. Oh. Due not only to its back air stair, but also the high... Uh, afterward placement of all three engines, which allowed a reasonably safe jump without risk of immediate incineration by jet exhaust. That's always important to consider. I think so. That is. Is it possible that that did happen, though? That he was incinerated by the jet yeah. exhaust? Um, yeah. Okay. Possible. All right. It also had the ability, which is unusual for a jet airliner, to remain in slow, low-altitude flight without stalling. And Cooper knew how to control its airspeed and altitude without entering the cockpit, where he would have been overpowered by three pilots. Uh, In addition, Cooper was familiar with important details, such as the appropriate flap setting of 15 degrees, which is unique to that plane, and the typical refueling time. Is it possible that... He just did his research and knows all of those things, like what's underneath his flight path and um, like yeah. how to run a plane that he's never before used. I believe that the 727s were new, so I'm not entirely sure where he's... He, this is information not like released to like civilians, yeah. so he'd have to be like an engineer almost to like understand how all of this works. All so, right. Or... Something else. Or something else. Um, (laughs) He knew that the back air stair could be lowered during flight, uh, a fact never disclosed to civilian flight crews, and that its operation by a single switch in the rear of the cabin could not be overridden from the cockpit. Oh my god. Some of this knowledge was known only to CIA paramilitary units. Oh, On July 8th, 2016, the FBI announced that it was suspending active investigation of the Cooper case, citing a need to focus its investigative resources and manpower on issues of higher and more urgent priority. A.K.A. cover-ups and conspiracies and atrocities. Never. We're not going to talk about it because the CIA told us to shush our mouth. (laughs) They sent us a little memo and they said... This has gone on for long enough. Shut up. Yeah, just close it quietly. Enough time has passed that closing it isn't going to cause any sort of panic. Exactly. We'll be able to close it, and no one will think about it again. 
local field offices will continue to accept any legitimate physical evidence related specifically to the parachutes or the ransom money that may emerge in the future. Uh, the 60-volume case file compiled over the 45-year course of the investigation would be preserved for historical purposes at uh, FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. Uh, 31 hijackings were committed in U.S. airspace in 1972 following the Cooper hijacking. 19 of them were for the specific purpose of extorting money, and most of the rest were attempts to reach Cuba. Huh. Uh, in 15 of the extortion cases, the hijackers also demanded parachutes. And they were like, I can do it too. He did it, I can do it too. And how many of those worked? Anything you can do, I can do better. I, I mean, 31 hijackings were committed, so I'm good. I feel like committed means somewhat. Well, once you com- you commit hijack, you, you hijack, you but did you, com- right did you do you it? it? I'm actually, not, I'm not did you get murdered? Sure, did, you- did you get murdered? Yeah, people murder hijacks. Hijackers. Is that technically self-defense? It's still murder. You killed it, right? The hijacker. Unless you're using murder as a legal term, in which case, no, it's no longer murder if it's self-defense. All right. (laughs) In early 1973, the FAA began requiring airlines to search all passengers and their bags. In contrast to the 31 hijackings in 1972, only two were attempted in 19... Attempted in 1973, uh, both by psychiatric patients, uh, one of whom intended to crash the plane into the White House to kill President Nixon. Same. Yeah, honestly. He I can't sh- say that on, on air. Yes, I, I will. said he should have gone on and did that, so I mean, I did say it. It came out of my mouth. We're going to get sued by the president. By Nixon. Is Nixon is dead? Nixon's Are you killing Nixon right now? Ground. I'm killing Nixon. Is you should be so lucky to kill Nixon. <laughs> He's dead in the ground, and I'm going to bring his spirit back to life and then kick his Are ass. Are you going to try and talk to Nixon on, on the Ouija board? Oh! Is that the goal? And insult his hair. <laughs> his, like... Just, like... I don't want to piss off the spirit of Nixon. <laughs> make fun of his voice. That's what he sounds like? I have... My full Nixon impression is from Futurama. Anyway, I hate that. I, yeah. Uh, in the wake of multiple copycat hijackings in 1972, the FAA required that all Boeing 727 aircraft be fitted with a device, later dubbed the Cooper Vane, hmm. that prevents the, the lowering vein. of the back air stair during flight. As a direct result of the hijacking, the installation of peepholes was mandated in peepholes. all cockpit doors. Peepholes in the cockpit. Do you think he's like one of those Google hackers that's like hired to figure out what the issue is? You know, they're like, hijack our plane, I dare ya. Can you do it? You and he was, was like, found airline? all of the problems, and now they fixed them. <laughs> Very what, possible. Google in I the mean, 70s? He wasn't actually hired by Google. He wasn't? No. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew. <laughs> so the peepholes made it possible for the cockpit crew to observe people in the passenger cabin without having to open the cockpit door. Yeah. Huh. That's my story of D.B. Cooper. So basically... An abridged version of D.B. Cooper. Basically, who knows? Yes, because there is so much. I gave you all the fact, which is so long, but all the speculation after that. Hinty. That's the reason why I haven't even, like done my research on it in general as a person who's curious about these things because it's like... Who knows? He could have turned back into space dust. That's possible. That's probable. 
he could have he could live underwater now. Wow. He could have. He went a, to Atlantis. He. I was just about to say he could find Atlantis. He could found Atlantis. <laughs> he could found her. He could found Lanty. <laughs> um, I should mention that uh, as of like two days before I was doing this, after I was doing this, re- no, two days before I was doing this research, the uh, people said that a possible DB Cooper was found. Oh my god! Uh, because of the Cooper letters, um, it's be- there are letters sent to newspapers in like. Oh, okay. Washington. Someone claimed claiming to, to be DB Cooper, and I fully whatever. did not subscribe to that. So bullshit. Yeah, saying that this guy sent the letters meaning he's DB Cooper, and I don't no. believe that at all. I believe DB Cooper is smarter dead as than shit. that, or and dead. Dead as shit. In you think the, he's dead? He's outside. I held outside of time. Nah. No, I think he's, he's not like, dead. They would have found his body probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was. Um, you don't from not the find space and time. A body. He he lived and went somewhere. Yeah, like he was smart as fuck. That man had that shit planned out. Uh, but I also be- also kind of believe that he was a CIA agent. Yeah, and that he's just fully like bye goodbye. You never go somewhere else. We'll, we'll we'll never know yeah. where he went. Yeah, until his whatever his case was on gets closed, maybe, and we'll find out when they have to release it to us. Does the CIA ever have to release us any, anything? I don't, I don't think so. so. I think that's just the FBI. Yeah, the CIA doesn't have Do to tell they us have shit. To? And the, the FBI, FBI has to, it like runs out of the shit. freedom the Freedom of Information Act. Oh, okay. You run out like after a certain point. If it's not like a problem for national security, they have to release the file. Good. Well, FBI is federal, and CIA I think is private, right? Yeah, I think that's true. Can't wait for Waco. Waco Part Two. Waco Two. Waco Two. This time it's personal. <laughs> um, can you believe the ship? No. Oh, what? My God. <laughs> We did it. <gasps> I think that, that was cool. That was that a cool was, story. Yeah. Like, oh my God. We had a good a That good was a roller coaster variety. plane ride. <laughs> it was a roller coaster plane ride. Yeah. I thought the plane was going to go down when he opened the hatch because I thought like... That's how planes work? Yeah, I thought the pressure... It's like in snakes on a plane. <laughs> that hole opened up and then everything got fucked. People got sucked out. I was like, that's how it works, right? Sucked out. Because snakes on a plane said, it said so. Well, snakes on a plane is the definitive um, Bible the of metric. physics. So, yeah. do we have fun facts? No. Or are we saving that for after the? <laughs> we don't have fun facts. Yeah, we don't have fun facts. Always pause it and find them. I can find them. Come on, let's have conviction, Mama. I did this again. We all did it this time because we expected the other ones to do it. So it's like oh, I have mine. You do? Yeah. Lies. I'm looking at it. Oh, you think you're so cool. <laughs> okay, I got it. I'm going to fact check it. Okay. <laughs> ready? Oh, wow. This is extra. Yeah, I'm ready. You have an unbelievable fact for us today. Shit we can't believe. You want to yeah. go first? Sure. Why not? When a male bee climaxes, <gasps> okay. their testicles explode and they die. The end. That does happen. That's horrifying. Yeah. Bees really have a shit life. It's not sustainable. <laughs> you sting, you, you die. die. You have sex, you, you die. die. Yeah. You die. You just die. Bees, they're all dying. You exist I mean, today. They are dying and they're, we fucking need them. They're a ride or die kind of bug. And we do need They them. mostly die. Well, yeah. They ride. <laughs> they ride then die. They ride or die, but usually always die. <laughs> a 10% ride, 90% die. <laughs> But is it red number three? Yes. 
That's the die. It's the percent die that yeah. it is. It's not that good for you, though. Um, it's not good for you. Who's turn for fact? Me? Are we going in order of stories? Oh, sure. Um, so I, I have... Did you know... Can you believe <laughs> that the lighter was invented before the match? What? Yeah. Really? Lighters were invented in 1823, like officially, because they were like actually just like pistols without guns in them. Like people, you could light okay. a cigarette with a pistol without a bullet in it at the time. Um, so that was in the 16th century, but only three years later, the, the actual match was invented, but it was made before the lighter. Where did you know? Can Where? you believe? I can't believe. Can you? That just I sounds can. wrong. It, it sounds wrong. Adamantly. Um, can you believe? Probably not. <laughs> that the fingerprints of a koala are so indistinguishable from a human that they have been, on occasion, confused confused at a crime scene. Uh, cool. Koalas? Yeah. The koala done I'm it. guessing in Australia, because why are there koalas and the crime scene? Or at a murder at the zoo. <gasps> I'm going to change my fact. To a koala fact? No, to that the average human has two to nine pounds of bacteria in their body. Ew. Why are you changing your fact? Because I wanted to Are you to just adding another fact? One. No, <laughs> I wanted to change my fact. I didn't like the B1 anymore. Am I allowed or not? Can you believe this? Yes, you yeah, are allowed. I can't. <laughs> did we do social media stuff? No, no, we haven't. So that's a podcast. We did a podcast and we're a podcast. Did you know? Can you believe this shit? No. We had Liddy's story that none of us can pronounce. The con of the Dave Verdes. Davidir? What was it, Sam? I'm sorry that I am just an irredeemable. Okay, where? Vitrine? Yes. Yes. With a T. Vitrine. Hmm. So I did the tribulations of the Dave Vitrine, Vitrine family. And so we had... I did Gina Grant and her controversy <laughs> about Harvard <laughs> and, and murder. Moida. And I had D.B. Cooper. Can you believe this shit? Can you believe this shit? I can't. Um, Unbelievable. As always, you can follow us at CYBSPod on Facebook, the page, and the secret group. Yes. Um, It's not secret anymore. It's just closed. The private group. You can find us, but you got to ask. Yes. Yeah. You got to ask permission. And you can't see it in. And we'll let you in. But we'll let you in. But I just, it's easier to find. Also, <laughs> um and we're also on uh instagram and twitter at cybs pod we post episodes every thursday so tune in tell your friends tell your mom yeah. have you talked to your mom today tell your dad you should don't talk to you don't tell your dad i have not talked to my mom today <laughs> you should talk to your mom email I us want, oh fuck yeah email us at can you believe pod at gmail.com couldn't you wouldn't you should rate us review review us oh yes follow subscribe us, subscribe whatever we need terminology mm-hmm. you're using on your current app throw us as many online points as you can do it do the damn thing do the thing do it for us and yes. do me a favor and always remember never forget that mothman is out there and mothman is real and don't sue us don't uh,